just going to start. Okay, did you need this thing? Go. No. Okay. It's a um, Honda. Uh, Chair Carvalera, can we get you on screen, please? Thank you. You're good to go. Okay. So we have an item this evening at the start of our agenda. It's item AA, um, and it's listed on the agenda that went live on Monday. Um, and it would be a uh, motion ultimately from the remainder of the Planning Commission to allow Chair Carvalero uh, to participate remotely. So I'm gonna first, in order to ensure we, we follow our uh, state and local requirements with respect to this remote participation, I'm first going to ask um, our, our clerk, Mr. Gillig, uh, a series of questions and then turn it over to our vice chair. Um, so, Mr. Gillig, can you please confirm the following, that the city's regular Planning Commission meeting is currently streaming on a two-way audiovisual platform and two-way telephonic service line webcasting is working for members of the public? Yes, confirmed. Can you please confirm that a majority of the commission are present and appear in person in chambers at the location noticed on the Planning Commission agenda? Yes, confirmed. Can you confirm that the agenda clearly explains the options by which the public can participate remotely in tonight's meeting? Yes, it does, confirmed. And can you confirm there is a public hearing item listed on tonight's published agenda? Yes, there is, confirmed. And can you confirm the amount of times Chair uh, Carvalero has appeared remotely this year outside of hybrid meetings held under AB 361? Uh, he has appeared zero times. This will be his first time. Thank you, Mr. Gillig. And now I will ask the Vice Chair, uh, Mr. Lombardi, to please read the circumstances justifying Chair Carvalero's requested remote participation and call a roll call vote of the Commission to accept that remote participation. Thank you. Chair Carvalero is seeking to participate remotely based on an unexpected family emergency that prevents the member from attending in person today. We will now take a roll call vote of the other members of the Commission to confirm whether Chair Carvalero can participate remotely. And would anyone like to make a motion? I'll make a motion. Motioned second. by Commissioner Matos. And we have a second from Commissioner Copeland. And just to confirm, the motion is to approve Chair Carvalero's participation remotely. Any questions? Okay. Uh, thank you. Commissioner Matos. Yes. Commissioner Jones. Yes. 
Commissioner Gregoire. Yes. Commissioner Edwards. Yes. Commissioner Copeland. Yes. Vice Chair Lombardi. Yes. Uh, Chair Carvalero will be abstaining from this vote. Okay, thank you. Motion okay. passes. Thank you, and with the approval of that motion, I just have a quick question now for our remotely participating chair. Uh, chair Carvalero, can you confirm uh, whether there is anyone over 18 years of age in the room with you um, at this time? There is not. Okay, thank you very much, and the meeting will proceed as listed on the agenda with uh, Chair Carvalero participating remotely. Thank you. I'll start with a land acknowledgement. The West Hollywood Planning Commission acknowledges that the land on which we gather and that is currently known as the City of West Hollywood is the occupied and ceded seized territory of Gabrielino Tongva and Gabrielino Keech peoples. This Planning Commission meeting is being live broadcast and teleconferenced on the City's website and as a courtesy, this meeting is also available on the City's YouTube channel at youtube.com forward slash TV and on Roku Apple TV, Fire TV, and Android TV. You may call in to make a comment, and you may also listen to this meeting by dialing 669-900-6833. Again, that's 669-900-6833. The meeting ID is 843-5433-7789. Again, the meeting ID is 843-5433-7789 and then press the pound sign. It is September 21 and it's 6.37 and I'm calling this meeting to order. Can I have a Pledge of Allegiance? Commissioner Copeland, do you mind leading us in the lead? Sure, Chair, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. David, can you get a roll call, please? Uh, thank you, Chair, and good evening, Commissioners. Uh, this is just to remind you that tonight's proceedings will have all uh, voice roll call votes tonight. There will be no digital voting. Commissioner Maddows. Present. Commissioner Jones. Here. Commissioner Gregoire. Here. Commissioner Edwards. Here. Commissioner Copeland. Here. Vice Chair Lombardi. Present. Chair Carvalero. Here. And we have a full quorum. Item four, can I get approval of the agenda? Do we have any updates that need to be recorded? No. I will move approval. I'll, I'll second. Motion by Commissioner Gregoire, seconded by Commissioner Jones. Commissioner Gregoire. Yes. Commissioner Jones? Yes. Commissioner Maddows? Yes. Commissioner Edwards? Yes. Commissioner Copeland? Yes. Vice Chair Lombardi? Yes. Chair Carvalero? Yes. And the agenda is approved as presented for September 21st, 2023. Great, thank you. Now, I have five approvals of minutes. We're going to be uh, approving the minutes from September 7th. Have none. So, Commissioner Jones? 
I was just going to say, it looks like we're continuing this because we're getting a transcript of the full uh, meeting. Is that right? So they'll be available at the next meeting? Yes, that is correct. Staff sent that out for a, a court transcription due to an appeal process that came in through. So it will be continued to October 5th. We can do that by consensus, Chair. And you're good to go for public comment. So, David, just to confirm, we're moving on to item six, public comment? That is correct. Okay. Chair, are you able, are you able to hear us, Chair? Chair, I believe that we can um, approve um, the continuation of the minutes by consensus, so we can move on to public comment. Chair Carvalero, can you hear us? Yes, but there is an echo, so I'm not understanding exactly what you're saying. Okay, then I think it's best if we take just a five-minute break to see if we can correct that so you can understand. Thank you. Test, test, testing. Chair, are you able to hear without any echo? The echo's still there. The echo's still there. Um, have, can one of the commissioners do a test with chair, please? Test, test, one, two. Better.
The time is 6.43. We are going to reconvene uh, the Planning Commission meeting, and we have some guidance for uh, chair's remote participation. For the commissioners, um, when you are speaking, please turn on your mic and speak uh, loudly into the mic, and then when you're not speaking, uh, turn your mic off to reduce the crosstalk. So we're going to try that again, and I think now that we've reconvened, just confirm, Chair Carvalero, can you hear us? Yep. Okay, so we were in item five, approval of the minutes. And Chair, those, the minutes will be continued to October 5th for a verbatim transcription due to an appeal that was filed. So that is by consensus of the commission. Chair, can you, could you hear uh, Clerk Gillig just now? Yes. Okay. Are we gonna do a vote? Uh, there's no vote needed. You can go on to do public hearings. Okay. Public comment. Okay. Um, item six, public comment. Do we have any public comments, David? We are all clear, Chair. Great. Um, item seven, the director's report. Good evening, commissioners and uh, members of the community. Uh, my name is Nick Marisich, and uh, happy to be here tonight on my fourth day with the city in uh, a new role, in my new role as the community development department director. And I'm looking forward to uh, meeting with each of you and getting to know you and getting to know uh, the community here in West Hollywood. Uh, I'm joining the department after uh, over 16 years uh, with the city of Los Angeles and, uh, and bring a, a lot of experience there in community planning work, historic preservation, uh, development review, and um, looking forward again to, uh, to diving in here. Um, along those lines, the city has organized a series of community meetings uh, for next week. So I'd like to just announce those so that um, the, the community is aware of those. Um, there's, there'll be an opportunity for anyone that are open to the public to come to meet me and members of the city's executive team and the first one is gonna be on Tuesday, September 26th at 6 p.m. And that's a, a, a business-focused community meeting that's gonna be held at West Hollywood City Hall in the community meeting room. Uh, there'll be another meeting on Wednesday, September 27th at 1 p.m. And this will be a general community, uh, community meeting that will take place here at the Aquatic and Recreation Center in the La Cienega room uh, at 1 p.m. And then uh, later that evening, Wednesday, September 27th at 6 p.m., uh, there'll be a resident-focused community meeting that will take place at the West Hollywood Library Community Meeting Room at 625 North San Vicente Boulevard. So I wanted to share those announcements with you. I also um, have a few announcements from, uh, from the team in the Community Development Department. Uh, first off is that there are a couple of uh, historic designations. Two buildings are going to be going for historic designation to the City Council at their meeting on October 2nd. Uh, those are 7900 uh, and 7906 Santa Monica Boulevard at the corner, southwest corner of Santa Monica and Fairfax. Uh, and then from the long-range planning team, as you may uh, know, Metro is in the process of providing updates on their planning and environmental work on the rail line that will serve West Hollywood. Uh, depending on the route selected, West Hollywood could be served by one or four stations along that line. And Metro will be making the final decision next year with comments and interest from the public being a factor in that decision. 
So the city is encouraging residents and stakeholders to attend one of these meetings and share their feedback on the project and their preferred route. Uh, there are two meetings remaining, both which, of which are in person. Uh, the next meeting will be on Saturday, this Saturday, the 23rd, at the Baldwin Hills Crenshaw, uh, Crenshaw Mall Community Room at 10 a.m. And then the final meeting will be here at the West Hollywood Aquatic and Recreation Center Doheny Room next Tuesday, the 26th at 5 o'clock p.m. And if, if people can't make a meeting, they can also view a recording of Metro's webinar from earlier this week at weho.org metro. And you can email comments to north. that's all one word, north at metro.net. Um, and that concludes my uh, report for tonight. Thanks very much. Thank you. Do we have any questions for the director at the moment? Nope. Welcome Thank to you. the city of West Hollywood. I look forward to meeting you next uh, at our next planning commission meeting. Likewise. Thank you. Thank you. So item eight, consent calendar, calendar we have none. Um, item nine, public hearing, section one, um, public's, sorry, projects subject to the Housing Accountability Act, we have none. And that brings us to our first public hearing, section two. Um, we are going to a public hearing section two public uh, the planning commission has been asked to hold a public hearing to consider a request to allow the conversion of retail use to a nightclub use in an existing commercial basement located at 8465 melrose avenue and we'll start with the staff report good evening everyone um please give me a moment i'm going to share my screen with the powerpoint presentation Hey, good evening, Chair and Commissioners. Uh, my name is Roger Rath. I'm one of the associate planners for the current historic preservation planning team. And um, the item before you today is a development permit and conditioned use permit for a nightclub at 8465 Melrose Avenue. Um, the slide before you is the vicinity map. The vicinity map identifies the subject property highlighted in blue. <clears throat> Excuse me. Um, the property is located near the corner of La Cienega Boulevard and Melrose Avenue. There are um, residential property that faces Clinton Avenue, which is identified with my cursor in the bottom right-hand corner of the screen. The property, uh, the vicinity is primarily restaurant uses, um, retail uses, and um, showroom uses. The lot itself is 4,200 square feet big. This is the front elevation. The property is a two-story commercial building that is 7,166 square foot big. It was completed construction by March 2023, which is earlier this year. The off-site parking was approved with this development build permit for this building through a parking use permit and is located at 547 West Knoll Drive. This um, slide shows the first floor and the basement floor, the, the use. Um, the nightclub is fully contained within the basement floor. Um, the first floor shows the area located in blue where people will queue. The use itself is, uh, is enclosed entirely within the basement floor. The main entrance um, is captured through the rear. Um, the applicant intends that the, the, the patrons of the nightclub will access the, the nightclub by coming through the back 
uh, Melrose uh, alleyway, go down the stairways, following my, my cursor, by the way, on the first floor, go down these stairs and um, access the nightclub as the main entrance here, or use the, the elevator to enter the club as well on the bottom floor. The nightclub, uh, the nightclub has uh, seating areas that's located um, here, has a bar that's located here, open space that's meant for use of dancing, and then also hosts a lot of uh, gender neutral restrooms, which is located um, here in this corner here, here in the middle of the floor plan, and then here again at the bottom right hand corner. The item is before you today because section 19.10.030 table 2-5 identifies this as a land use that requires a conditional use permit um, that requires the planning commission to be the review authority. Additional specific use regulations are also identified in the code for nightclub uses. So the proposed hours, operating hours, are from 5 o'clock p.m. to 2 o'clock a.m. Monday to Fridays, and 12 o'clock p.m. to 2 o'clock a.m. Saturdays and Sundays. Um, even though the use is contained within the interior with no exterior use, such as outdoor dining or smoking patio, um, additional operating uh, conditions are included in the resolution to address any potential adverse noise impacts beyond the property line. The use is an intensification of use, so that means that there is additional parking that is required with a change of use. However, per, per government code section 65863.2, the city is unable to require a minimum number of parking spaces be maintained for this use. However, conditions have been included in the draft resolution to ensure parking operations are conducted with minimal disruption to the nearby residential neighborhoods. In addition, section 19.36.060, which regulates alcohol beverage sales, and 19.36.200, which regulates nightclub and similar uses, these standards are included as part of the condition of approvals. So as condition, the proposed intensification of use to nightclub use will allow for a wide variety of use in the area consistent with the general plan that will not cause new or exacerbate any existing public nuisance in the vicinity. Therefore, staff recommends approval of the application with the adoption of draft resolution PC 23-1533. Um, that concludes my presentation. Um, I believe the applicants should be there too. Um, they would like to have a moment to speak. Um, additionally, I just kind of wanted to mention that um, the quality from the mics on site is not that great, but um, I believe the planning manager will help me answer any questions that I'm not able to hear well. Um, but thank you. Thank you, Roger. So you're experiencing similar to what I'm experiencing. Absolutely, yeah, same thing. <laughs> I wonder if this is what the public experiences on a regular basis and worth, worth looking into. Mm -hmm. But do we have any questions of staff from commissioners? And I'll let Secretary Gillig highlight anybody who wants to speak because it'll be easier that way. Thank you, Chair. Commissioner Copeland. Hi, thank you. Uh, thank you, Chair. Um, a question that I, that I have that came up is the parking for this um, project is located on a residential street on West Knoll, and um, this, this was not noticed to the residents on this street that are within 500 um, feet of that. Was it not required? And if it was, shouldn't this item be continued? Good evening, um, Chair and Commissioners. Can you all hear me? 
Yes. Okay. Um, that's a great question. So this building was approved with a parking use permit, and that parking use permit is for off-site spaces at, I think, 547 West Knoll. Um, that was an entitlement that was granted for the construction of the building and is, is done. That entitlement is not up being reopened with this request. This is a request for use of the change of the use of the building. Um, they have not, there is no requirement for additional parking because of this intensification of use. As Roger mentioned, the state law has changed and we are not, we are now restricted from requiring minimum parking <clears throat> in many cases in the city. So while um, the applicant can speak to their parking operations and how they um, think that the patrons will be getting to the nightclub, uh, that parking isn't part of this request. So that's why it wasn't part of the noticing. So there was no noticing requirement for this, even though it's in, in the residential street? That's correct. Okay. Um, I have some other questions for staff, if it's okay to go ahead and ask a Please. few. Please. Um, um, part of those, again, parking spaces on, on the West Knoll, are they attached to a residential project? I know it's a small lot because it's currently, um, there's a retail store that's using valet in that parking lot and the valet stand is in the parking area of a residential area um, as of today. And I don't know if that's, I guess I can ask the applicant if they have a contract pending for that. you'd like me Sorry. to direct parking no, no, questions no. to them, I guess? No, or, no, uh, I can answer that. I was just having some microphone issues. Okay, thank you. Okay, so um, the parking at 547 West Knoll is in a residential neighborhood. It is a parking overlay district on that site. So yes, it does have, I believe it still, ha it does have residential use on that property as well as, as commercial parking. So it is permitted commercial parking on that site. And again, that, that Parking use permit is, isn't part of what we're discussing this evening, but I understand that it's related and, and I appreciate your questions. And the original um, parking use permit was parking from 8 a.m. to 10 p.m. and this is from 5 to 2 a.m., correct? But it doesn't require a separate parking use permit at this so, time? If the parking use permit allows parking at that site for those hours, that doesn't change as part of this request. They would not be able to have patrons park till 2 a.m. on that site unless they changed their parking use permit. And so, like I said before, the parking for the nightclub is, we, we don't require a certain number of spaces for the nightclub. There is public parking uh, to the north of the nightclub site. And, um, you know, what we have learned over the years is that many patrons come to think places like bars and nightclubs via rideshare. Um, and so, we, you know, that's, that's an aside, and again, I will reiterate that the state has restricted our ability to require parking in instances like this, as well as, um, as our own municipal code in recent years has been changed to affect how we um, assess parking for intensifications of use. And so, um, to answer your question, and maybe to allay some of the fears, if, if there is an hours restriction on that parking use permit, those hours would stay the same. It's separate. Okay. Uh, thank you for that. Um, let me ask you this, um, a couple of questions. Would the, would a special permit be required for, for live music or DJ events at, at this venue? 
No, typically those are included in a nightclub. Those yes. are included and there's no special permit needed for live events. That's part of the conditional use permit. Okay, um, and looking at the plans, would the bar patrons, would they not be able to access the rooftop area from the basement? So the rooftop area would not be uh, in, in use for this. The reason I ask is there's some um, conditions in the other, in the newer, in the older resolution that were not repeated in this one. And so as far as the rooftop, is that off limits for the basement nightclub? Uh, yes, this request is only for the area that was identified in the plans and the staff report. Um, Roger, you can chime in if I'm speaking out of turn or you can just nod your head. <laughs> okay. Yeah, that's good. Oh, okay, you can't hear me. So those, those, those items that were in the, um, in the older resolution, they could be they could be added and incorporated into this about no amplified sound or music on the roof. I mean, just to spell out. This permit is not for the rooftop at all. So any conditions that stay in place for the rooftop, stay in place for the rooftop. This conditional use, the use permit, the, the nightclub use cannot happen on the rooftop. That would be a violation in and of itself. Okay, so it doesn't need to be spelled out again in, no. the, in this resolution. Right, yeah. Okay. Um, We talked about some, uh, that the noise cannot be heard outside. Um, so is this, how do we test this? Is this done prior to opening? Is this an unannounced visit after it's opened or do we wait for complaints to, to come in and then send code to check or how is that, how is that assurance um, met? How do we know that that's been met? Um, it is generally complaint-based. We have a condition that we review all of the code compliance issues that have come up um, and present that to the Planning Commission at six months following the, the commencement of use. So we would be able to um, assess if there's been an issue, but in, in the past with other, you know, above-ground nightclubs and bars that have issues with sound, um, our code compliance team is very responsive. Okay, so that would be something that would be done after the effect. There's no test that we do to prior to opening or, or after opening. It would be code-based, code-complaint-based. Okay. No. Um, that's it for me right now. I'll have some maybe questions later or um, for the applicant. Thank you very much. Appreciate it. Uh, Commissioner Matos. Thank you. A um, couple of questions for staff um, just to go over some of the uh, conditions in the resolution. Uh, first question is re Condition 7.4 states the operator shall ensure that patrons accessing the nightclub via ride sharing or nearby parking does not constitute a nuisance to the neighborhood. Um, I want to kind of just understand that. Although we are unable per state law to require parking for this development, we are able to ensure that it doesn't constitute a nuisance to the neighborhood. What tools does the city have in the event that there is a violation of this specific condition? And again, I'm referencing condition 7.4 in the resolution. So that, that's a good question and I, um First of all, these are conditions of approval, so if they don't follow the conditions of approval, there is a process in our municipal code for um, modifying or revoking a conditional use permit. Um, 
there are there is that condition that you pointed out. There are other conditions that um, have to do with various types of nuisance or disruption in the area. There's you know things that are related to patrons coming in and out. Things like Commissioner Copeland referred to referring to noise, trespass, and things like that. Um, and any of those, if they become problematic then we can take steps towards revoking or modifying the permit. Perfect. So at any time that there is a violation of the conditions of this conditional use permit, then we are able to take subsequent action, uh, action to ensure that the concerns of the, yeah. the community are addressed. And, and I will add that that's a last resort. Most yeah. business operators want to continue operating their business, and they will comply if they are um, told to comply. Very rarely have we had to take the steps towards a revocation um, I think only once in my 18 plus years here. Perfect. And then my next question is in regards to uh, condition 18.16 in the resolution, which references uh, that there is the need uh, for an on-site security plan uh, to include but not be limited to on-site security personnel at main entrances and exits whenever the nightclub is open for business. Um, so it is safe to assume that this resolution does require this business to have security as part of their business plan. Yes. And that will be on site during all hours of operation. Yes, that is a code requirement. Perfect. And then my last question is there was a series of recommended staff conditions, specifically uh, 8.5, 8.9, and 8.10. Um, are you in need of the Planning Commission uh, to adopt these as formal parts of the resolution, or are they, have they already been included? Roger, can you speak to that? So the condition 8.5, 8.9, and 8.10, they should be included in the resolution already. Is that? Yeah, they are in. They are in the resolution, but the staff report says that if the Planning Commission desires that we could adopt those, but I did see those already included in the resolution. I want to make sure that we don't have to, when, when we make a motion tonight, make a formal action to adopt those conditions. Um, I think they should be included. Yeah, those are, I'm sorry, I didn't quite understand what you were asking, but <clears throat> those conditions are part of the staff recommended draft resolution, and if the Commission did not want those in, we could strike them, but if you want them, you don't have to take any further change to the resolution. You would just adopt it as is. Perfect. Thank you so much. That concludes my questions for staff. Thank you. Chair, there are no further uh, commissioner comments for staff. Actually, I do have... Oh, I'm sorry, uh, Vice Chair Lombardi. Thank you. I have a quick question regarding the staff report for clarity. Um, I saw that there was a table included that referenced some other establishments um, within the vicinity and what their um, hours were. And I just wanted to make sure that I was understanding that correctly. So um, in addition to the hours of operation, there's uh, the, the hours of sales, service, and consumption um, for this establishment that are included in the resolution. And my question is, on, this, on the staff report, there are some other businesses that are listed. And the, the column on the far right of page eight, and also page nine, uh, notes hours of alcohol service. So I was wondering, 
these hours that are listed, is that sales, service, and consumption, or is that operating hours? I just wanted to make sure it was clear to me. That was, that was the operation hours. Operation hours, okay, great. So sorry to put you on the spot here, Roger. Um, for instance, EP and LP, it says it's 11 a.m. to 2 a.m. Perhaps the sales, service, and consumption concludes at 1.30 in the morning, or do we know? Maybe we don't know right now, but. I'm sorry, from what I understand, you're asking yes. if uh, the consumption ends at? Let me, let me repeat that again. Okay, so for instance, EP and LP. Notes, hours of alcohol service as until 2 a.m. Do you happen to know when sales, service, and consumption concludes? Is it 1.30 in the morning? Oh, I see. So typically with um, restaurants, they include the sales and service uh, 30 minutes before closing time and allow patrons to consume until the end of closing time. Um, okay. If you want me to look up uh, EP and LP in particular, um, I do have the resolution for that. Mm -hmm. If you want me to pull that up, but um, essentially don't. that's how yeah. the our, uh, approvals for hours of alcohol work. If you do not mind doing that, that would be great. Or if you want to come back, and I, then yeah. related um, question number nine on that map, which is Malson AGO under construction, I, I presume that that most likely those hours that are assumed are, are tentative and there may be a CUP or other related matter on, on that one or are those locked in hours? It notes until 2 a.m. So the one that's currently under construction is what you're asking about, right? Yes. Okay, yeah, so that one has already been approved for those hours. Um, so any new business that they choose to follow the condition of approvals in that, uh, uh, not approval, they can continue to follow those requirements. I'm gonna, I'm going to add because I think that the sound quality isn't maybe perfect coming through. Um, <clears throat> so the building that's currently under construction was approved with the conditional use permit for alcohol um, or whatever the applicable permit was for that, uh, for that particular entitlement with the construction of the building or or soon after so that was so that it is both under construction and already approved for restaurant use okay thank you that was my question do we happen to know if it's the same sales and consumption until 1:30 operating hours until 2 a.m i don't know for a fact that is our standard practice though thank you. Um, and it's a relatively new practice so in the last maybe five, 10 years, we've started to move in that direction, but older conditional use permits that have been in operation longer may not have that provision, but they still would need to cease operations at the closing time. Thank you. And then I have one last question. In the resolution, item 8.22 references, um, planning commission shall receive written updates regarding operations. So is that something that may appear on consent calendar? Yeah, that was that will appear on the consent calendar. We'll give you a report of whatever uh, code compliance activity may have been taking place at the time, um, at, you know, when it when that comes forward. And um, and then if the commission feels that it's necessary to take further action, we can agendize it. Um, at that point, we'll discuss further 
what that means. Thank you. And that was my final question. Anybody else? Any other staff questions? No? Then um, I'll ask if there are any commissioner disclosures. Commissioner Matos. Yeah. Um, so I met with members of the community, residents of the city of West Hollywood, and discussed matters contained in the Seth report. Thank you. Commissioner Gregoire. Nothing from me. Commissioner Jones. No, no disclosures. Commissioner Edwards. No disclosures. Commissioner Copeland. Uh, other than visits to the site, there are no other disclosures. Thank you, Chair. Thank you. Vice Chair Lombardi. No disclosures. And I did visit the site before I left. Um, I understand we have a presentation from the applicant. Um, I believe it's Carlos Rocha. Um, Mr. Rocha, you have 10 minutes. Please state your name and city of residence and please speak into the mic. Hi, my name is Michael Starson. Uh, Carlos Rocha is my architect. This is a, a nightclub that I'm starting in the area. I live on West Knoll and Melrose. So right behind Rag and Bone, I live right there. Uh, I've been living in this city for almost 10 years now. And I work with the NASA group who develops a lot of projects in the area. Um, I've been involved in food and beverage almost my whole life. For 30 years, my father ran uh, the Olympic Collection Banquet and Conference Center on the corner of Olympic and Sautel. And I grew up in that kitchen, and I started as a dishwasher, and then the prep kitchen, the kitchen, always had a different job. Uh, and also, we always had different restaurants, like El Forno Caldo in Beverly Hills, and. Um, Tivoli and the Pacific Palisades. So I've always been involved in food and beverage. Uh, I grew up going out in West Hollywood to all the different nightclubs and restaurants and bars, and I really enjoyed myself. This is kind of something that I want to do to bring to the neighborhood, and I think it will really be a benefit not only for the residents, but also the, the restaurants on that street. It will bring an incentive for people to come to the restaurants and then come after, have a drink in uh, the nightclub below. So it's kind of to keep the area lively and uh, keep changing things, keep improving. It's my belief if we don't keep improving the streets and bringing new things that they'll kind of die down. Just like, for example, look at Robertson. Robertson has become kind of uh, slow and empty and we want to improve and I want to improve this area and this is one of the things that I can do to help benefit that. As far as uh, parking on West Knoll, I don't really want anyone who comes here to drive to the space. I want it all to be ride share and I want everyone to get dropped off on the alley side which is uh, further away from providing noise to any residents or anything like that. It gives like a exclusiveness also where you come in through the back door and you creep down the stairs and you come down to this like lively uh, bar and lounge. Um, that's, that's my idea for the space. So uh, I can answer any questions you may have. Um, I'm here, so let me know. 
Thank you. Do any commissioners have questions of the applicant at this time? Uh, I do have a few questions, Chair. This is Commissioner Matos, if I may. Yes, of course. Thank you. Thank you for being with here, us here today. Um, so as mentioned earlier, I referenced a condition in the uh, conditional use permit resolution um, about ensuring that um, there's no nuisance to the surrounding neighborhoods as a condition of approval. Um, I wanted to see, given that we can't mandate parking because of state law, what is your plan for valet parking or Lyft, Uber, rideshare options for this facility? Yeah, I, I, don't, I don't want to have valet parking because I don't want people to drive to okay. the nightclub. I don't so, want people to come and have a couple of drinks and start driving. That's the last thing I want to happen. Right? So rideshare? Rideshare, and everyone gets dropped off in Melrose Alley. Right? That's why we're putting the main entrance off the back alley. If, if Roger can maybe show the plan, the main entrance is off Melrose Alley, not Melrose Avenue. And that's specific, so people get dropped off there. It's an alleyway. It's, they get dropped off. They come in. The Uber keeps driving. There is a, pu a public parking lot on the northeast corner of Melrose and La Cienega, and one just behind the at north of uh, the property. Those are public parking, but it's, it's not going to be tied to this nightclub, right? You, so specifically, I think everything is going to happen through rideshare. Sure. Do you have a plan to facilitate that? rideshare with maybe the, the rideshare companies or anything in the alley? Is there a plan in place? We definitely try to mark it as a drop-off zone, and we are going to have security, just like every other nightclub, to ensure that things go smoothly. Uh, I don't foresee it be, there being any congestion or things like that because nobody is hanging out in a rideshare car. It's more you get dropped off and the rideshare drives away. I see everyone coming in from the Melrose Avenue side, and the rideshare drivers just drive straight through and exit on Melrose Avenue, okay. because that's a, it continues from La Cienega to Melrose Avenue. Okay. My next question pertains to the security plan. I'm wondering if you could walk us through what your plan for that would be. I've been talking to different people in the nightclub business, and the main plan is I'd have someone at the front door and the back door, and I'd have two people upstairs for ID check as long as, and as well as the maitre d' who will let people in. Again, if, if there's more people coming than expected, that would change, but for now, that's the initial plan. Okay. Thank you. No further questions. Any other questions? Commissioner Copeland, thank you. Hi, thank you. Hi, Good evening. how are you? Um, the, you? You mentioned wanting to, people to use rideshare and to, to drop off and pick up in, in the back alley, um, which didn't really answer Commissioner Matos' question about the, the lot on West Knoll and how to, to uh, deal with that. Also, the original uh, parking use permit required a valet. This, staff can correct me if I'm wrong about that. So you don't want to use valet or... I mean, a valet was a requirement with that parking use permit, so does that mean that, they're, they, that you're not requiring that parking on West Knoll, or what, what is the plan for uh, that? I, I do not want to use the parking on West Knoll as part of this nightclub. I don't want 
to have cars go there at nighttime, I, I want to keep everything through rideshare. I, I don't want to provide a valet parking program. Okay, um, I may have to ask staff a question for clarification on that in a second, but meanwhile I've got, um, the space is currently, the basement space is currently configured, um, including plumbing and restrooms. It was ready to go for three separate retail areas, or is this basement not finished, not complete? The space is built out currently as a shell use with two, uh, two or three shell uses, yes. Okay, so what about the plumbing and so forth? Is that in place for three separate businesses? Is it going to have to be extensively changed for the bar back and the restrooms? For the nightclub, or has that the, the way not the, been done? The, the, way, the way the building was built is there, there's been plumbing left in every corner, as well as in the middle of the space. So all those access points are easily accessible. To, to, to update or change plumbing configuration? Yes. Okay. Yes. Um, I think the last question before I refer to staff was, when, when was the decision made to change to a nightclub use? Uh, I, I believe I submitted this application in February. February, so this was just something recent that decision to change this this year? Uh, I've, I've been thinking about it for about maybe since June or July of last year, and then I decided to act on it towards the end of the year. Okay, thank you, sir. Um, could we uh, open back up for a question for staff at this time, Chair? Yes, go ahead. Okay, um, Going back to the parking on West Knoll, the applicant has stated that they don't want to use that. Now, does that mean that there would be a restriction it could not be used for a nightclub, but would still be available for any of the retail, or does this require a new parking use permit? How does that, how does that affect things? So, The parking use permit and the off-site parking is not tied in with this request or the request for the nightclub. Um, that parking area can be used for the other uses that occupy the building. It can be used during the hours that were allowed for it. But, you know, if they don't want Since to use... Since it did require a valet originally was one, of the was one of the requirements of that. Right. So how does this change... Um, is there a restriction that can be added that there cannot be any nightclub use and it only has to be, since this required a valet, how, how would you deal with the parking use permit? Um, we change? didn't include any conditions to deal with the offsite parking because it wasn't part of this request, but if the applicant is amenable to it, I think we could potentially add a condition that says that the, the offsite parking is for the other uses in the building and not for the nightclub. Because okay, I, I did get the original um, parking use permit to see what restrictions were on there, what what uh, requirements were, and it did say it needed to be valet and, right. and so forth, so that's why I was asking that question. So yeah. how can how can we change this to make sure that there won't be any, that parking think, is not tied? I think so what we, what it's we might want... It's not going to be tied to the building at all, or just the nightclub? You so, do you not need the parking at, at all for the building, or are you just talking about for nightclub? We're not... Okay. So I can't speak to the rest of the uses in the building that are not there. Okay. And, and we can't restrict the rest of the uses in the building through this permit. We okay. can only talk about what happens for the conditional use permit. Okay. Um, 
so we can, what I would suggest is that we hear if there's public comment, and then once you, the commission gets into deliberation, we can decide if there's a condition that needs to be added. Okay, thank you. Thank you, Stan. Uh, thank you, those are all the questions I have at this moment. Thank you. Thank you, thank you Chair. Thank you, Commissioner Copeland. Any other? Commissioner Jones. Great, thank you. Thanks for coming tonight. Um, I have a question for you about queuing at the building. So is there space inside the building once someone gets downstairs so that they can wait inside? I just, I mean, I, yeah. we have no idea how popular this will be, but lots of clubs keep people outside to make it seem like, you know, it's a big deal and then you get inside and there's uh -huh. no one in there. But I'm just curious because I do think it could be disruptive to the neighborhood if people are queuing outside. So I'm curious if you've thought about how you would address that. Yeah, uh, I provided a queuing plan to Roger. Okay. On the first floor of the building, there is a, like, it starts off at 10, 12 feet, and it, it narrows down to about five feet from the alley to Melrose Avenue. And we've highlighted a portion there that will be held for queuing. It's like a first floor covered patio, it's the hallway. And if you see that, that's our intention is to keep people waiting there and not in the alley or on the sidewalk. So people would wait in that area and then they'll be let downstairs and they'll take the stairs directly down or if they're handicapped, we'd allow for them to use the elevator. Okay, okay, great, thank you. No further questions. Thank you, any other questions? Vice Chair Lombardi. Thank you, I have a follow-up question on queuing. So. I saw the diagram that Roger Rath had up earlier. If I, if I understood it correctly, it does look like there's queuing in front of doorways to other commercial establishments. Uh, we could leave those open. I can put um, the ropes between them to have people wait in specific areas that don't block those doorways. That's not a problem. Okay, I, I think that I saw some conditions in the resolution about not installing ropes and other other sort of devices for queuing, but that perhaps the um, I, at the planning officer's discretion, there's other ways that it could be managed other than physical ropes, so yes. you know? But it, it's a question I have is, I don't know what the hours of, of operation of those businesses are, or if maybe you know, since you're heavily involved in, in getting this project up and running. Um, but I just wanna make sure that this is being cognizant of their uses too. I don't know what their hours are, but at least on the weekends, it seems like if it were popular, if it were a popular afternoon, you know, people might be trying to go in or out of those businesses. Yeah, so right now I don't know what those hours are. And because I'm also part of the overall building program in another way, I, I would put a lot of focus into that because I'm not gonna try to um, cause an issue for one tenant and, and not for myself. I wouldn't do that in buildings that I'm not involved in, right? I do my best to resolve those for my other multi-tenant buildings and I've always done so between my tenants so I don't see it being an issue. I'd always find a way to sort it out between them. Okay, I, I do uh, think that that's worth some consideration. And then the other question I have is it looked like the, um, the garbage location is actually across Melrose Alley, is that correct? Yes, it's off-site okay. trash. And so that could generate a decent amount of noise carrying garbage out and across and over. What, what is your plan for, for that since it's fairly remote? Uh, it's, it's basically just two buildings down and this would, the trash would come out at the end of the night and there's, that's not a residential zone, it's strictly a commercial zone, and it's an alley with all commercial uses, so at the end of the night, all the trash would be 
rolled out to the trash area in the other building. Do you have an area in the plans where you're basically storing the trash for the evening and doing uh, one? We have a back of house area where we could leave those, and if necessary, during the night, we can take those out as well. Okay, and then, all right, did you say rolling? Are you going to put it in bins or something and roll them across, or what's Yeah, like the... a rolling, rolling trash bin, like a, like a cart. Like a metal cart, or? Like one of those plastic carts that they roll out. Plastic cart, okay. Something to consider, again, don't want to create too much yeah. noise with this stuff rolling down the street, or if there's beer bottles, I don't know if there will be clanking in, in there, yeah. too, as it goes goes down the street. Just want to make sure I know that there's, there's conditions in here about noise, um, but I'm thinking about things that could be an issue, which, since you're in a lower level, a lot of that's sort of self-solved, but then the queuing and the um, garbage and yeah. taking that across are, are probably the... Um, the, the points that would be of concern to the community that could be an issue. Um, the, the last question that I have um, goes back to valet parking again. So if I'm understanding correctly, there could be a little bit of confusion um, if someone were to maybe come over to the property and valet, but then the valet closed because they were at the bar or they went to an establishment and then went to your bar and then valet is closed because Valley only operates until certain hour. Is that correct? I mean, we need to yeah, work around that. Yeah, but usually any restaurant you go to, they have their valet hours listed, and when the restaurant closes, the valet returns the keys to the patrons. I mean, I've been in plenty of restaurants mm -hmm. where I've been sitting there, and the valet attendant said, "Dear valet," and gave me my keys back early because he closed early. Sure. Right. Okay. So, would you make that extra effort in terms of communication because there there could be. You know, yeah, someone definitely. might drop off the car and if someone doesn't tell them. Yeah, definitely, definitely. Okay, thank you. Commissioner Copeland. Hi, I'm sorry, just a quick question. Do no we know problem. how wide that sidewalk is when you're talking about queuing? Do we, we uh, have any idea? I have idea it on the plan. Okay. It starts off at about eight feet and then extends to about 12 feet. Wide? Yeah. Okay. And that's across 30, 35, about 45 feet. About 45 feet? Yeah, so okay. on an average 10 by 40, so about 400 square feet. Okay. Um, there's currently no other tenants in the building, correct? So. Trying to anticipate the hours, possible hours of tenants who might be on those upper floors, and how would you avoid any noise since the nightclub starts at five and say another business is open until nine? It's a shop. How would you an yeah. anticipate um, avoiding any any noise disturbance for them and, and for their customers? Well, from the nightclub noise, yes. one, this is a basement, and right. there's about an 18-inch concrete deck between the tenants above. And I've built three, four, maybe five fitness spaces by now mm -hmm. in multi-tenant buildings. And if I can soundproof one of those fitness rooms that has blasting music and a microphone and speakers, and if that's above you and you can't hear it below you through a wood floor with the soundproofing technology, this basement is not difficult to And you don't anticipate any, any problems doing that and mitigating the noise. And also, um, 
the ingress and egress to the club, the stairs go down, they yeah. they would not be uh, interfering or, or, la or uh, loitering on other floors where there's other businesses. No, they wouldn't correct? be going to other floors okay. because they wouldn't have access to those other Okay, levels. just checking on that. Thank yeah. you so but, much. But I have, we, the soundproofing is, is very important to me as well because I wouldn't want to disturb the other tenants in the building. Correct. And okay. we've Thank done you. this before. That's yeah. all for me. Thank you. Thank, Thank you, Chair. Um, Commissioner Edwards or Commissioner Gregoire, do you have any questions for the applicant? Nothing from me. Commissioner Copeland anticipated my, my, my one and only question about the soundproofing. Thank yeah. you for answering it. Yeah, ditto. Thank you. Then we will move on to um, the public speaker portion of our hearing. So I'm going to open the public speaker portion of this public hearing. David, um, do we have any public speakers at the time? Chair, no. We are all clear for public speakers at this time. Uh, the applicant can sit down. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you. David, I'm sorry, uh, are, do we have any speakers? No, Chair, we do not have no speakers. Okay, thank you. Um, okay, so since we have no speakers, I assume the applicant does not need the additional five minutes to rebuttal. So I'll close a public speaker portion of this public hearing and we'll start commissioner deliberation. Given I'm remote, I think I'll just go ahead and call an order um, in a random order. And if you're not ready to speak, just let me know and I'll circle back. Um, Commissioner Matos, do you want to start deliberation? Yeah, thank you, Chair. Um, so a couple things come to mind uh, when I look at this item. First of all, I, I do want to applaud staff for the comprehensiveness of the conditions in the resolution. I think that there was a lot of concerns that I had um, initially reading this when I went into depth in the resolution. Um, for this zone, you know, it is a commercially zoned area. There is a lot of other nightclub-oriented businesses in the vicinity. Um, but I also understand that there is community concern just given past businesses and past um, experiences that folks have had in that area. Um, with, uh, you know, nuisance-like uh, conditions. Um, so, you know, when I look at this item, you know, we're looking at item 816, which really requires a comprehensive security plan, which is I was really gr glad to see, um, and I think that'll address a lot of uh, concerns. And then also just generally um, condition 7.4, which is saying that uh, patrons accessing the nightclub um, don't constitute a nuisance to the neighborhood. Those are things that are going to be very important to the city's ability to ensure that there is not a nuisance um, at this operating business. Um, one thing that I do want to bring up that I left a little bit more to be desired was the discussion about rideshare opportunities, the discussion about parking. Uh, and there seems like there is some concern on uh, this body here this evening. Um, in light of that, I, I think that I would be open to considering um, an addition to the resolution in the form of a condition that requires the applicant to outline um, either parking operations or valet or valet operations or also rideshare operations to the community development director, just so that there is a plan that's articulated. Uh, I think that some of the applicants' responses left a little bit to be desired this evening, in my opinion. Um, that's something that I would be open to considering um, for review by the community development director and possibly also the director of public safety for the city of West Hollywood, um, both of them together. 
Um, other than that, um, you know, there is a lot of conditions in this CUP that really do consider the neighborhood um, around sound and security, and we have to find a balance to be able to ensure that businesses like this are able to come to the city and that they're able to do business here um, and activate a corner that is not very lively in the evening um, and, and then also be considerate of our neighbors and the people who live here. Um, so that's where I'm at. Um, I'd be interested in hearing um, staff's uh, draft of a potential uh, condition that we could consider, um, but those are my comments. Thank you. Commissioner Copeland, do you have comments at this moment? Um, I, I do have some. Uh, thank you, Chair. Um, I, I also wanted to get maybe some clarification about the uh, fire evacuation plan from staff before we before we do vote, if that's possible, to open back up at some point. Um, I still feel strongly that the, the items that were in the previous resolution, even though we're talking about, well, they can't use the rooftop, those were specifically stated in the original. I would really like to see that in, in black and white if my fellow commissioners are amenable to that, because that is a concern, uh, because we've been through this before uh, for the neighbors with other establishments and rooftops. Um, also, uh, uh, the issue about not being able to use that residential um, parking lot for any, any nightclub use, where whatever staff can come up with on that one. And the other thing, um, perhaps if my fellow commissioners are amenable to adding conditions to maybe a three, six, 12-month reviews for, for noise and, and parking issues, um, because this has been a common complaint in the past with nightclubs in the area. Um, and so the other question I had was about the uh, emergency fire evacuation and the stairs. Is that the the only way out of that that basement? And 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 uh, who would be uh, overseeing that? Um, that's all I have at this time. But uh, if, it, if I think of something you. else, I'll let you know. Is Thank it okay, you, Chair. Chair? Is it okay if I ask a follow-up question for Commissioner Copeland? Yes. Go ahead. Um, so. Currently, there is a six-month review that's conditioned in this project, to my understanding. Is your vision that there would be more than what currently exists beyond the six-month review uh, after or, they take or maybe occupancy? To, maybe to expedite that to three months, just so that if there are issues, we don't have to wait a half a year to, to address them or to hear from the public, particularly since um, there wasn't noticing, you know, about the the uh, residential use, although let's see what staff has to say about separating that from, from the nightclub, because that was the, the, the concern. Okay, so I, I, just, I just wanted to clarify. This. So, so you're, maybe three instead of six. Three and six. Like three, six, and 12, something like that. Okay, okay, thank you. Just, just wanted a suggestion. To, yeah, I just wanted to understand the suggestion a little better. Thank you, thank appreciate you, it. Sure. Thank you. Commissioner Gregoire, do you have any comments at the time? Um, um, yes. I. I I think I generally support Commissioner Copeland and Commissioner Mattis's idea here. I think some sort of transportation plan probably is a, is a good idea. Um, I think I'm going to sound like a broken record, but I'm so frustrated that the state has limited our ability to really consider parking for anything at this point. Uh, parking is a huge problem in our community, and people circling our neighborhoods looking for parking does create a lot of uh, adverse impacts, but but look, state law says that we can't really consider that. But I just wanted to express continued frustration about that. 
But yes, I, I, I support Commissioner Modis's idea to have some sort of transportation plan of some sort as a part of the process. Um, other than that, I, I was concerned about uh, soundproofing. I appreciated the applicant's comments tonight about uh, his plan to make sure it's soundproof. Um, but overall, I, I think this will be terrific to have, uh, have a new business in the neighborhood. And as long as we can do everything we can to make sure the, there's a minimal impact or no impact on our residential neighborhoods, I'm, I'm, I'll be happy to see it. Uh, come to our city. That's all I have. Uh, Chair Caballero, you're, you're muted. Oh, you're not now. Commissioner Edwards? Um, I just, it was a thorough staff report. I really appreciated that. And I appreciated my peers and the questions that they ask, because really the key is um, we want you to succeed, and we also want to protect the community. We want to have that very healthy balance. Um, um, I understand the frustration around parking and the state's actions, um, but I would just throw it out there that um, the state of our relationship with cars has to change, and it's got to start somewhere and it's incentivized that, uh, that process. And I know that we're a creative city, so we'll figure it out. Um, and, and I guess a question I would, it's something that was rolling around in my mind when we were having this discourse, is about the, the transportation plan. I think it's a, that's a good idea, but I wonder if there's anything that the city can do since we're kind of going in this different direction, that there be a further analysis as to what are best practices, and maybe this could be a model as far as how do we incentivize um, ride share and what is the true impact of that? Where we make the assumption that people will utilize it, but how much do they actually utilize it, especially in, the, in the, these new times, whereas Uber and the other um, ride shares have gotten uh, problematically expensive. So I don't know where that price point is gonna be, where where's that inflection point where it gets utilized and people show up to and then hopefully, you know, I like the idea that coming to the area to utilize and be and then come to your nightclub afterwards. But in reality, a lot of people are just going to come right to your nightclub and, and then use it. So how do we address the impact of that? So that's kind of what was running through my mind. And I do appreciate, I used to work for a council office that was up the street from the Olympic uh, collection. And so we spent a lot of time there. It was a wonderful space. We always had a good time. So I appreciate that the history of the... Uh, of the person who's going to be running this space and his family, so uh, thank you. Um, yeah, that was really what was my, my thinking process, is that, you know, that, that balance between successful operation, but what we bring to this conversation is a lot of experience about community impact and making sure that it, it works for both parties. So appreciate your patience and look forward to adapting to what we hopefully come to inclusion on. So I support what the uh, commissioners have been talking through. That concludes. Thank you, Commissioner Edwards. Vice Chair Lombardi. Thank you, Chair. Um, 
to summarize my thoughts, this does seem like an appropriate location for a space of this use. Um, so I'm generally on board with the project. It sounds exciting. Um, and, and really, my only concerns are about any nuisances, whether they be safety or sound or parking. Um, and on those notes, I, for parking, I, I do agree with some of Commissioner Edwards' sentiment that um, he just noted. I, I think, you know, we don't want people to drive and then drink and then drive again. So in some ways, a deterrent from parking or valeting and then getting in a car again after too many drinks is a good thing. I do think there's some challenges with the, um, you know, ride shares, whether it be cost, availability, um, you know, there's definitely logistical issues too. So there are some concerns there, but I don't know if I, I do think we have to change our mindset. So the idea of just, you know, making parking readily available for people to go and drink doesn't really make sense to me. So in that, in that regard, less of a concern for me um, in the aspect of what we're looking at here on this project. Um, I, I do, however, wonder if it would be worth in some way or another acknowledging that the property's valet service is not intended for the establishment. Um, due to the variance in operating hours, it just seems like it's a point of confusion all around. Um, and then I know there's been some note about condition 8.22, which I mentioned um, earlier in staff, uh, questions of staff, and then also Commissioner Matos also brought up this up. It seems to me like condition 8.22 is more about um, law enforcement calls and giving an update to the planning commission in six months. So my initial thought was um, regarding noise and sound, which I guess I could have, could have been more clear about in this speaking right now, but to address noise and sound, since that seems to be a concern, I feel like that might be a separate item or a separate condition. It seems to me like they're different things, but I'm totally open to, to discussion here. It seems like 8.22 is about uh, um, something going to perhaps consent calendar to the planning commission. and then we're also talking about maybe having a noise and or safety checkup um, from, the, from the city at three, six, and 12 months, was that? Uh, so to me, I feel like those are separate items, um, but I'm on board with those in concept. And uh, that's, that's all I have for, for comments. Um, I, I generally am on board with the project and excited about it if we can work through some of these minor issues. Thank you, Vice Chair Lombardi. I think the Commission's done an amazing job of covering all the topics that need to be addressed with this project. Oh, I I'm sorry. Like... I'm sorry. Uh, Chair, can I speak? Yes, Commissioner Jones. So if you, I usually Chair goes last, but I don't, I don't want to interrupt you. I just... Okay, I'm going to talk really quick. Um, I'm generally aligned with everybody's comments. I did have... Um, I don't necessarily think that parking needs to be provided, but the owner wanting people not to drive doesn't necessarily preclude them from driving. So I just want to make sure that you're keeping that in mind, whether it's on your website or when people call or other forms of communication. I couldn't tell you how many times I've come to restaurants in LA and realized there's no parking available and that I'm going to have to figure something out. Um, this happened to me just about a week ago in Hollywood. Um, I also, I know that it's conditioned right now, at least. I believe condition 8.8 .8 is that no loitering is permitted in front of the nightclub in the public right-of-way, but, you know, people go to clubs, they go to nightclubs, they want to go outside and have a cig or vape or whatever. So I would just 
really want to make sure that security and that everyone uh, on staff at the club is aligned with making sure that that's not uh, that that's not permitted. I, I'm sure we'll hear about it if they don't. Um, but I just I do really want to make sure, given this proximity to a residential street and neighborhood, um, that things are quiet for people, especially late. Um, but overall, I'm I'm in support of the project. Um, again, as Commissioner Edwards says, you know we do want you to succeed. Um, I think it's a, a basement club is a very cool idea, especially in in this area. It certainly we hope solves a lot of the noise problems. Um, those are my comments. Thank you. Thank you. Do we have a motion at this time? Uh, well, Chair, I, I would step in. I know we had a couple requests from commissioners about specific conditions to be considered, and I think uh, at this table we've, we've been working on it. So I think um, there was also a question from Commissioner Copeland about sort of the applicants, um, whether he's amenable to some of those conditions. So I think for, from a process standpoint, we've closed the public hearing portion, or I'm sorry, the public comment portion of the public hearing. And so I think it might be most efficient if we potentially read those conditions that it seems like the commission might be interested in including as a body. And then if that's of interest to the commission as a body, uh, we could ask applicant to confirm they're comfortable with those. Can can, before we go into that, can I ask, because I actually think that Commissioner Jones brought up a really good thought, um, and I'm just speaking aloud, thinking aloud here. Um, I do see the one, uh, the one condition that does reference that there's no uh, loitering on the, outs on the exterior of the club. Do you think that or would the commission consider potentially including um, the requirement for them to include their plan on how to address that in the security plan, which they already have to provide? Yeah, I mean, I'm completely, I'm, I'm fine with that. And I believe you recommended that for director's review, correct? It wouldn't have to come back to commission. Um, yeah, no, it wouldn't have to come back to the commission. There is currently, um, in 8.16, a series of items that, it, that is required as part of the security plan. I'm envisioning um, uh, letter G because the last letter in 8.16 is letter F. Um, and then it would say G and then it would say something to the effect of, um, you know, uh, avoidance of uh, exterior loitering, prolonged loitering of multiple patrons just so at least that it's included as a consideration as they develop their already required security plan, um, that they have a plan to address it, whether it be via the required on-site security or another method, uh, including, but not limited to signage. Is that something you, do you think the commission would be agreeable to? Does that help address what you were Yeah, I think I would about? defer to staff as to whether or not they want to include that in security or if you think it should be a separate condition one that's itemized, or if you think it should be, um, you know, a bullet point under, what is it, 8.8? 8.6, 8. 8. 8.16 is the one we were talking about. Oh, you're saying 8.8. .8. No loitering is permitted in front of the nightclub in the public right-of-way. Um, I, I have a question about that, excuse me, if you don't mind. Well, we're talking about loitering, which, but we're also talking about queuing, so how are we going to discern between the two if there's a line of people? Are they queuing or are they just standing around? And um, how are we going to differentiate between 
between the two and, and, and enforce that was, was my question. If you're going to have a line of people waiting okay. to get in, then there's a line of people just hanging out. How are we going to address that? Commissioner Lombardi? Um, Vice Chair, I'm sorry. If, if it's okay, Chair. Uh, my, my thought on that, I, I, that went through my head too. Um, I think that there's a reference to the queuing being two people side by side. So my hope would be that in terms of managing it all, if, if people are, are have not been in to the establishment yet and they're in line, single file or two side by side, then they're queuing. If anyone else is around or people are in line near the back talking with people they bumped into in a group, then that's at that point loitering because they're not in the line to enter unless they're actually queuing two by two again back in the line. Then there should be a, a, a plan to enforce that. That's what you're saying. Okay. Thank you. All right. So what I what I was saying is that we could add letter G that says that adds to the security plan. Um, how they are will address. So it would be G, avoidance of exterior prolonged loitering of patrons. There are multiple conditions, as we've talked about this evening, regarding queuing and regarding nuisance. So I think between those, the, the operators would, um, would be compelled to keep the queuing orderly and keep the queuing from being a nuisance and also keep people who are loitering from being a nuisance. Um, so that's, that's where we are. I think also, um, so are we reading, we're reading into the record what we've heard from the commissioners and you guys can let us know if that's what, uh, what you wanna include. So we've already said for condition 8.16, add letter G, avoidance of exterior prolonged loitering of patrons. Um, we would add, I wasn't sure if I heard a consensus on this, but on 8.22, add at three, six, and 12 months, instead of just six months. Um, and then after, so at three, six, and 12 months following commencement of use, the Planning Commission shall receive written updates regarding operations, and I'm adding the language including noise and sound of the business, including any law enforcement calls or for service or code compliance activity. Additional re reviews may be required based on the information provided. Planning Commission may place the item on a future agenda or further, for further action at the time or modify any conditions of approval pursuant to the municipal code. Um, and then I would also just to that point um, say that you know we include the law enforcement calls and the code compliance calls but it will be a review of how the operations have also been functioning so it would, it would cover all of those things Commissioner Lombardi. Uh, thank you since we're still in uh, deliberation I I have to say I think my opinion is I just want to make sure that we're not doing something here that's atypical of what we've uh, done with other establishments before so correct me if I'm understanding differently but then then it's meant to be or what the intent is but 8.22 seems like at the end of the day it's about um, checking in on things and then reporting back to the Planning Commission I don't know if in the past when we've addressed things like noise it was coming back to us three times and if that's putting extra burden and 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 in paperwork in front of us. I love the idea of it coming back to us once, but I I think we, I don't want it to be an anomaly if this is the first time that we're it's asking not. three. Sorry. It's not. I don't, it's, it's definitely been, not. Yeah. I, I think, unfortunately, there have been instances like 
with the restaurants that shall here remain unnamed where we have asked people to come right. back really just to make sure that you know residents are satisfied and that we have an update and can do something about it if it's not uh, thank thank so. you commissioner jones and that was multiple um multiple it's like three I would defer times. to staff, but I can think of at least two other projects where we have required it. Yeah, in the we last did eight we, or nine years. We did that on the business license commission too, right. where it was okay. multiple returns to uh, to the commission. Correct. Okay, thank you. Thank you for clarifying. The last one that I recall was a much simpler project, and so we had noise conditions, but we weren't asking it to come back so many times. But this one is larger, so if that's consistent. Then I'm on board with it. I think just because in the past it's been, there have been some exceptions uh, that we have tried to get ahead of that um, it's become more standard. But again, I, I hope that, you know, with, for the applicant and for, it would really be a burden on staff. So, but hopefully there won't be any problems and we'll be, it'll be fine. Yeah. I just had one follow-up question. Were you going to get to the transportation plan? Okay, cool. That's, yeah. So I'll continue with the conditions that we've added or modified. Um, okay. So in condition 9.11, I, I heard this, and again, I don't know if there was consensus on this one. I added 9.11 reads, the management shall organize and maintain the patron queues so that there are no more than two abreast in a line located parallel to and against the structure. And I've suggested adding language so that entrance, or, um, and so that entrances to nearby businesses are maintained clear and passable, and so that an adequate pedestrian passage on the sidewalk is maintained. Uh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> uh, the next one Okay, then at the end added condition 9.17 as a new condition. Prior to the commencement of use, the applicant shall submit an access operations plan identifying rideshare, parking, and other access opportunities to the satisfaction of the community development director and the director of public safety. Okay, 9.18, the use of the rooftop of the building at 8465 Melrose Avenue for this nightclub is expressly prohibited. Adding 9.19, the use of the off-site parking for this building approved in PUP 16-0005 is prohibited for patrons of the nightclub. I'm, and I believe that was all of our changes, but let me know if I missed something. I'm generally agreeable and would bring a motion with all of those conditions. Excuse me. I, yeah, thank you. Um, I, I did mention earlier that... Um, if my fellow commissioners are amenable, that I would really like to see the previous conditions in the, uh, in, added to this resolution. As, as, I mean, you did mention that the rooftop, what, could you repeat that part of the rooftop again sure. for me? Uh, I was just going to note before we reiterate that condition, I think that was a different entitlement, so I don't know that we wholesale would include the the PUP and I think to a point uh, Ms. Alkire mentioned earlier we're we're just looking at the intensification of use and the entitlement being the CUP so we can condition specific to that intensification of the use which is the addition of the uh, condition regarding express prohibition on uh, the rooftop even though that would have been um, accurate either way but I think we just need to be mindful we're looking at just the conditional use permit this evening. Okay, but to, uh, maybe to, to repeat, you, you did say that that would 
prohibit any rooftop use. Could you read that back to me again, please? I'm sorry. Yes, of course. So it would be condition 9.18, the use of the rooftop of the building at the subject address, 8465 Melrose Avenue, for this nightclub is expressly prohibited. Thank you. That's perfect. Okay. Appreciate it. And I would also, whoa, oh, okay. And I would also just note before we vote, um, although the public comment portion of the public hearing has concluded, that doesn't preclude the planning commission from asking applicant a question. So I think to the extent there's been a significant amount of um, revised conditions that Ms. Alkire has read into the record, the best practice would just be to confirm that applicant's comfortable with that. Um, Perfect. Okay. Provide the security plan, the rideshare plan. We weren't going to use the rooftop anyways. Uh, it's not for this. This is supposed to be underground, dark, calm, and it's not outdoor, and it's too totally different uses, so I'm, I'm okay with all the uh, changes. Perfect. Thank you. All right. Thank you. I'd make a motion including all of the conditions listed by staff. I'll second. second. Oh. <laughs> okay, so we had a motion from Commissioner Matos and a second from um, Commissioner Jones, uh, and I just wanted to make sure on the record because we are taking all roll call votes tonight, so I think it sounds like we are we have a live motion and uh, are ready to call the vote. Thank you. Commissioner Matos. Yes. Commissioner Jones. Yes. Commissioner Gregoire. Yes. Commissioner Edwards. Yes. Commissioner Copeland. Yes. Vice Chair Lombardi. Yes. Chair Carvalero. Yes. Thank you. And the motion passes as, as amended unanimously. We do have an appeal process. The resolution the Planning Commission just approved memorializes the Planning Commission's final action on this matter. This action is subject to appeal to the City Council. Appeals must be submitted within 10 calendar days from this date to the City Clerk's Office. Appeals must be in writing and accompanied by the required fees. The City Clerk's Office can provide appeal forms and information about waiver of fees. The appeal deadline date is Monday, October 2nd, 2023 at 5 p.m. hearing item 10b the, the planning commission has been asked to hold a public hearing to consider a determination of general plan consistency for the west hollywood city playhouse located at 8325 santa monica boulevard i understand adrian gallo will be giving us a staff report followed by rick abramson and i will give um, a committee update shortly after that Thank you, Chair Cavallero. Let me set up my PowerPoint. Can you clarify? Thank you. Thank you, Chair Cavallero, and good evening, Commissioners. Tonight's, tonight's item is a determination of compliance with a general plan for a specific project, the West Hollywood City Playhouse. 
the zoning ordinance exempts city projects from the normal permit review process. Consequently, the commission is not being asked whether or not the community playhouse should be built or to approve a permit for the community playhouse. Instead, the commission is being asked if a city playhouse is in compliance with the applicable goals and objectives of the general plan. This is similar to the capital improvement plan. Each year, the CAP is brought to the commission with a long list of projects that the city will undertake in a particular year. The commission reviews the list of projects and determines if they are in compliance with the general plan. Although the project is exempt from the normal permit review process, staff is bringing details of the project to the planning commission for public review. The commission is being asked to make the findings, the findings regarding the general plan consistency and any other comments the commission would like to be forwarded to the council during their approval of the design in October. The newest Hollywood City Playhouse will be located on the north side of Santa Monica Boulevard between Sweeter Avenue and Flores Street at the site of the current Coast Playhouse. The project block is currently developed with one-story commercial buildings containing retail and restaurant uses. The project proposes to demolish the existing Coast Playhouse and construct a new three-story, approximately 7,000 square feet community performing arts and cultural center. The current Coast Playhouse building is vacant and the parking lot to the east of, the, of it is utilized as, parking, as a parking lot for the neighboring business. Vehicular access occurs along Sweeter Avenue while vehicle exits, while we, while vehicle exits the premises through the parking lot, heading south towards Santa Monica Boulevard. <clears throat> At this point, I'd like to ask Rick Abramson, the city architect, to speak about the project design. Thank you, Adrian. Uh, Rick Abramson, city architect. I manage the urban design and architecture studio. Um, as Adrian said, this is a planned new facility for the city at the former site of the Coast Playhouse. Uh, the project itself spans both the current Coast Playhouse site and the parking adjacent to it. Um, the servicing of the building will be through the alleyway. There will be a loading zone provided for um, staging of productions. Uh, we can get more specifically into the type of use should you be interested. Uh, in the audience is Laura Byrie, our Director of Economic Development, and Rebecca Eman, our Manager of the Arts Division, and Eva Angeloff, who is our Grants Coordinator in the Arts Division. Um, and should you have any questions, they're, they're happy to answer those if I'm unable to do that. Um, but we're really excited about this as a new community playhouse facility. It's um, relatively intimate, but we hope it's been very thoughtful for the process that uh, has been followed. And as Chair Carvalho mentioned, he'll be taking you through the process of the design steering committee. If you recall, you had um, asked the chair to serve in that capacity on your behalf on the design steering committee that included uh, our mayor and council member Byers as well. Um, next slide, please. So the project went through an initial uh, design visioning exercise in which four different architectural firms uh, presented some initial thoughts and visions. Through that process, the firm of Perkins and Will was selected to uh, design this new facility. 
originally, the Coast Playhouse itself was about 2,700 square feet. Now we're a little bit over 7,7200 square feet, so it's going to be about approximately three times the size of the Coast Playhouse. Uh, the facility itself, uh, the, on the left, was the original sort of concept, and as it's gone through the process, it's now uh, evolved a little bit more. Uh, it's a three-story facility with the primary um, spaces on the first two floors in the control room and uh, mechanical on the upper floor. Next, please. A night shot sort of showing how the design uh, has evolved with the design on the right being the most current. Um, what was added through this process was an enhancement of the public right-of-way, similar to the conversation you've just had. We wanted to be cognizant of the future and how people are going to be arriving to these type of facilities. This is completely infill and embedded in the middle of the block. Um, but fortunately, in this case, we do have the city parking structure across the street and the King's Road parking structure one block west. So we feel with the um, type of uh, activities here that we're, we're really well covered in terms of parking, but we also wanted to account for ride share and other types of drop-offs. So we're proposing modifying the frontage and creating a little drop zone. Um, we're able to close off a current curb cut on Santa Monica Boulevard and gain two more parking spaces on the street. And that will allow us to stage some of this drop, rideshare drop for both arrival and post uh, event. Uh, through the process, there was also suggestion that the theater itself, the playhouse, might need a little bit more um, street presence because it is infill, and so we're going to be exploring some sort of totem or kiosk, which would also help to be, um, you know, announcing upcoming uh, uh, performances or activities and events and be a more pedestrian engaging element as well. Uh, so we're very excited about how it's played out. Next. Just diagrammatically, real quickly, the main performance space will take place on the second floor. Uh, there will be two public staircases to get up there, as well as an elevator, so multiple ways to go up the one floor. Um, elevating it on the second floor was a big decision. Uh, it's rather unique and unusual for these type of playhouses at this scale. But what it did is it allowed it, the project to create essentially a cocoon on the second floor and really isolate because we're very cognizant of the ambulances and fire trucks and police and sheriff that go up and down the street regularly in this location. And so that acoustic isolation was really important. Um, we were also very excited about the architect's concept for this exterior pre-function or pre-show space on the second floor, a grand terrace that becomes a nice lookout and arrival point, whether you're taking the stairs or the elevator, when you first arrive up there, you're actually in the tree canopy. So it creates a really interesting retreat from the city type of experience by taking advantage of the native or the natural uh, street trees that were already in place. And we thought that was a really successful strategy as well to transport you into this other experience. Uh, there's also been some attention given to the garden that I will show to you in a moment. Um, and Adrian, if we can go to the next slide. 
So this is the latest imagery of the front, sort of looking from, uh, I guess you'd be standing in front of Gelson's, looking across in this view. Uh, there's a, a lobby on the street that will have certain visibility to perhaps look into either um, some activity that might be taking place in the lobby or promotional uh, posters or banners or other things that might be integrated so that pedestrians, as they walk by, are aware of what's coming up. Quick overview of the floor plan. I really wanted to just point out that not only are we getting a, a performance space in terms of the playhouse on the second level, but at the ground level, there's two other significant spaces interior that came out of the process. One is a rehearsal space, which is sized similar to the stage upstairs, so it can be used by the uh, performers in advance of um, the performance, but it also functions on its own right as a sort of flexible space. And I think the arts division has some very creative ideas about how that might be programmed and used, but certainly through the community outreach process, we heard from, for example, a, a puppeteering company that uh, you know was interested perhaps in that space for some of their puppetry. Um, it would be ideal for uh, our poet laureate to, to speak and uh, um, we can imagine just so many different types of things, you know, a, a book read, um, yeah, book reading and signing, for example. Uh, it could hold uh, uh, exhibits. Uh, so we, we're really excited about that. And then the lobby itself also is sized to become kind of a third space, and it could function both as a pre-show milling. Um, there could be even some um, promotional things like hats, t-shirts, coffee mugs, what have you, related to perhaps the production company that might be um, using the space. Um, but it also can be a space in its own right, like a little exhibit space or feature local art, you know, a painter or something on the walls. So we were really cognizant of maximizing the wall space and using it flexibly. So we're really excited as a civic space that uh, the ground level is somewhat porous and usable. Uh, the lobby and the rehearsal space can go together. They can open to one another. Uh, we actually increased some of the restrooms through the process, which was important. It's definitely an upgrade from what the coast has right now, so we're excited about that. And then, as I mentioned, the outdoor garden. Next. Uh, upstairs, uh, the two spaces, primary being the, the uh, playhouse uh, audience space and then the stage. Just for scale, I would also point out that this is a 99-seat equ equity waiver-sized space, so it's six rows of seating, you know, approximately 14 uh, seats wide, approximately 14, 15, depending on the rows. So if you imagine looking here, maybe six rows back, you know, aisle to aisle, maybe slightly wider, um, that's about the size of the space. It's very intimate, and it's meant for, you know, more locally focused productions, not so much grand pr productions, um, but uh, just to manage expectations, it is an intimate space. Next. And then finally, uh, we mentioned the outdoor space. We imagine this as being something that's open, similar to, uh, you know, our pocket park spaces where it would be open during the day but could be secured in the evening. And so we've worked with the consultant team on how this will be secured 
um, overnight. But during the day, we see it as a really nice um, respite off the sidewalk as a public space. And then it's also designed to work in conjunction with the rehearsal space, so that can open up indoor-outdoors and host you know, a larger gathering um, in that context as well. So we're very excited about it. That's the general overview, and I'll turn it over to Chair Carvalhiero to take you through the uh, steering committee process, and then we'll... Um, Thank you. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm, there was one last image of the garden that we'll, we'll show here. There you go. Okay. Thank you. Chair? Great. Thank you. Um, I'll ask you to advance. Um, so thank you for allowing me to be on the steering committee. It was really very fun. Uh, we had three meetings overall, and I was just really taken by the ability of the design team to listen to our comments and absorb our comments. And I was so impressed with staff and how they guided this entire project. We had attendees from many committees and commissions, including public safety, public facility, arts council. We had professionals from the performing arts community. We had um, the council member, member Byers actually chaired the meeting and Mayor Shine also participated. We had a great public turnout with very informed community members who spoke freely and openly and they were um, their comments were heard. Uh, this first image, sorry, the images that I'm showing you are that we're showing you, you've already seen, but just kind of wanted to go over a couple of the comments that the steering committee focused on. And here we have the final image of the playhouse. And one of the things that we talked about a lot was sort of the transparency that's happening on the lower level and how the building actually connects to the street or doesn't connect to the street. And this has to do also with the direction of the stair, which we spent quite a bit of time uh, discussing. So the idea was, how can we make the building engage the sidewalk in a meaningful way? And we, the, with the design team, we came up with this idea of a veil that wraps around the lower section so that in the evening, you can see into the building and people can see what's happening in the building as opposed to having a solid wall. Um, we discussed quite a bit about the exterior planting. If you can see in the render behind the trees, there are some floating planters. There was concern from the committee about the maintenance of those planters, but the design committee, the design team confirmed and really reassured everybody that with an integrated irrigation system and general maintenance, uh, you know, maybe every three, four, six months, um, this would be a successful um, addition to the elevation, and it's been done in other parts of the city. I've seen it, and I think it will be a beautiful sort of drape effect, which will soften the elevation and just bring more green to, to this project. Um, we also, what's prominent also in this um, render is the monument sign on the sidewalk. Everybody kind of, everybody, of course, liked this idea of having the monument sign and it's in the pullout or the, the extended section of the sidewalk. So it's not going to impede with any of the sidewalk traffic. One thing that um, came up quite often was, or towards the end, it came up a few times, the addition of making this a digital sign. I understand that the budget at that time didn't include that, but the committee did make that request. So potentially we could ask council to consider that if it hasn't surfaced since our last and final committee meeting. Can we go to the ground floor plan, Adrian? 
So in a space that's this this small or a building that's this small, you know, the committee really focused on trying to make the spaces as multifunctional as possible. We talked about the possibility of making the box office a bar or a concession stand when you know we when it can be used it could be used as a as a different function. Um, and now that e-tickets are becoming more prevalent, do we even need a box office? And can that space be turned into a general office and a concession? We have an opening to the garden area. So all those things are still being explored and you see some of that all, already in this plan. The rehearsal space, like Rick Abramson said, will be will be a multi multifunctional space for impromptu, not impromptu, but for smaller performances, that space will be able to open up to the garden and then the garden will be open to the public when the um, playhouse is not in use. There was much discussion about circulation. There was much discussion about adequate um, bathroom facilities. And there's, a, there's one bathroom upstairs and the bulk of the bathrooms are here. The circulation was, was resolved to accommodate having people come down easily through the staircase, um, whether inside or outside to access the bathrooms downstairs during intermission. Um, the one thing on this plan, we have the exterior staircase um, clearly shown in the direction of it. We had comments at the beginning where, and we had a proposal at the beginning where the design team presented a staircase that spilled out onto the sidewalk. And as the court, as we met, as, a, as the meetings continued and the courtyard um, sort of was designed properly and engaged, we decided that it was a good idea that the staircase that brings people from the upper lobby down to the ground level engage the public so that it has a meaningful connection to the site itself as opposed to bringing people right onto the sidewalk and into you know anybody going along the sidewalk so that's why the staircase kind of has a counterintuitive kind of approach but in the end i think it's a really great approach and most of the people in the committee also thought it was a great approach just in the sense of being able to be social after an appearance or after a performance and to engage the courtyard in a meaningful way with, with the people who attend the performance. Um, Adrian, can we go to second level? So um, we spent a lot of time talking about theater orientation and it's, it's, it shifted in all directions. And in the end, you know, we focused on, you know, what was most practical for the theaters and having um, spaces outside of the performance area that could support the performances. This was the best orientation and gave us a really nice usable outdoor outdoor space that, like Rick said, engages the sidewalk, gives you a great viewpoint. Um, you can, you know, the, the public can engage with the people who are using the playhouse and vice versa. Can we go to the mezzanine level, Adrian? So this was a big, a big discussion with the professionals from the performing arts community and making sure that this mezzanine works in a proper way so that we could have good technical abilities to put on first class shows. So I won't get into the particulars of this, but this was clearly studied. And if we can go to the section, Adrian, which is the next slide. You can see here, you know, the mezzanine level and where somebody who's controlling lights or controlling sound is clearly above 
the seating area and has a good view of the stage and you have the proper heights in the theater to make it function as a proper theater. There was a lot of concern and a lot of um, comments in regards to having first class, really well thought out performances here. And the, and the steering committee really made a point of that and the design team really heard it and integrated that. And if we, if we could go to the next slide. So as uh, Rick mentioned, this is the patio. And again, you see the stair how, as it activates the, uh, the outdoor garden area. And this is where people would gather and you know, gather after performing spaces. There's multiple different types of seating, you know, whether it's on the la first landing of the stairs or down in the lower level. To the right, we have the rehearsal space, which could also be a performance space. And then next to that, we have the ticket office that could also be a bar concession if it's programmed that way. And then we have the monument side on the sidewalk. And those are really the highlights. Um, and I just wanna congratulate staff and the design team for listening in a way that I thought was really, really great. And it really, and, it, and the design really shows and reflects all the comments made by the public, the steering committee and, uh, and staff. Thank you. In summary, the proposed project is consistent with the vision for this portion of Santa Monica Boulevard and all applicable goals and policies in the general plan, in that the new City Playhouse is to be used in support of arts and cultural programming. The City Playhouse provides a center for artistic expression and performing arts. As a venue for diverse arts and cultural events, it will be an anchor and catalyst for economic development in the center of the city. The Playhouse will become a community engagement resource and symbol of community pride through the programming of diverse world-class performing arts and cultural pro productions and educational events. As a forward-thinking public facility, it will implement best practices with respect to reducing greenhouse gas emissions and energy demand, and will provide environmentally responsive building and site design strategies. In total, the project will meet multiple land use, economic development, and infrastructure resources, and conservation goals. Therefore, staff recommends that the commission adopt a category exemption pursuant to CEQA guidelines and make a determination that the West Hollywood City Playhouse project is consistent with the general plan. And that concludes staff's presentation and we are available for answering any questions you may have. Thank you. Thank you, Adrian. Um, do we have any questions for staff at this time? Commissioner Gregoire. Uh, yes, a, a couple of questions. Um, Probably my biggest concern of the project is is the adequacy of the restrooms. Um, I did see that there are there's a five gender neutral stalls on the first floor, which is not the floor where people go in and out of the theater. And then there's only one restroom on the second floor, um, which is only a total of six restrooms. Uh, for a 99-seat theater, and I, I guess I, I'm thinking at, at intermission, when 99 people are all rushing to use the restroom, it's going to take way more than 15 or 20 minutes to, uh, for people to use only six stalls, especially if you have to go up and down the stairs. So I guess I would be, my first question would be just, what was the thinking behind having s such a limited number of gender-neutral stalls? 
Yes, thank you, Commissioner. There was uh, a great deal of discussion about the restroom facilities. Um, just for reference, the current Coast Playhouse, I believe, has three um, for the 99 seats. Um, and so in this case, we have the, the six on the lower level. We have one upstairs. There's a, a seventh um, for the performers. They have their own. And then there's an eighth in the uh, green room. So actually, for some of this small of a footprint, it's actually way beyond what the code would require, but we felt that was important because of the nature of the use. But um, uh, I think, you know, we were, we were trying to get them upstairs as much as possible, but we're just limited. It's an infill, tight little site. And once we got the theater and backstage and everything in, there really wasn't much more room upstairs. So um, we have added an additional stair so that uh, if you're in the playhouse itself, you don't have to sort of crawl in front of everybody and walk in front of the audience to get out if you need to go to the restroom. They, there's two exits, one on each side. And uh, we've tried to make it as easy as possible to get up and down, but um, with a facility like this, it's it's not unusual. We, you know, in other playhouses, it's it's pretty normal. Um, even I've been in New York and London theaters, and you go downstairs in intermission. So um, we did under, you know, uh, agree with you and tried to do our best, but it was just a physical limitation. My second question, or was about handicapped accessibility. One of the concerns I would have about the theater entrance being on the second floor, that, that people who have mobility issues are going to be required to use that one elevator. I guess what was the, was that an issue that was discussed? It, it doesn't seem ideal that the theater entrance would require an elevator. Uh, yes, it was discussed and we were very cognizant of the experience of a, a person with physical uh, disabilities. And so um, we took into account not only those that may be, you know, wheelchair or walker restricted, but also sight impairment and other, other types of disability. We try to be very cognizant of that and think it through thoroughly. But the elevator itself is a prime way of getting up and down for those with any physical needs. Um, it's sized for a gurney. It's capable of holding probably about seven or eight people. Um, so it's, it's pretty substantial, but our hope is that the stair will be so wonderful that, uh, you know, even at intermission, there may be some people that come out and they go down half a flight and we've sized the landing as a milling space at intermission, or they can go all the way down to the garden. And as Chair Carvalhiero mentioned, you know, if we have refreshments, other things, downstairs. Um, we're hoping that we could sort of spread uh, the different ways to get downstairs so there isn't too much load on the elevator itself. I guess my last question too is just uh, an aesthetic thing. It, the, the perforated brick wall and siding, I, you know, it looks great in the picture, but my general observation driving around town is that those types of perforated type siding on buildings looks kind of cheap. So I guess, have people inspected the, the actual materials to actually have confidence that it will, will look good? 
That's a really good question. I, I think it's a little bit early on in the process. They're, they're going to be moving into design development. Should the council be comfortable with the design and as is? And that's when they're going to get in deeper into the actual materials. But the stated intention comes out of a larger goal that we have as a community for climate responsive design and um, looking at buildings that um, not only do no harm, but actually help our, our um, climate and local ecology. So what they're proposing right now is uh, recycled brick, something that's been used in another facility. And these um, perforated brick screens have actually been used particularly in the Mediterranean, Middle East for centuries. And when done well, are just stunningly beautiful with the shadows they cast and the texture and the patterns they provide. Um, and I think this particular architecture, architect team was very cognizant of that and even how they're proposing, say, a sloped soffit over the entry, the glass entry that would be stepped brick, just the kind of textural experience, the tactile nature of the building is very different than what we're used to with either metal panels or stucco or other, other things that, you know, that we're seeing more often with a lot of our buildings. This would stand out. And for me, it, it was an extra bonus because it kind of harkened back to the original town of Sherman, which was very much a brick-based architecture. So I like that it was sort of 100 years later bringing us back to that in a, in a, in a way. So that's sort of where we stand right now. Great. Thank you, Chair. That was my final question. Thank you. Any other questions for staff? I can't see you, so. Um, Commissioner Copeland. Secretary Copeland, can question. you call out? Uh, thank you, Chairs. Commissioner Copeland. Um, just a, a few questions for you, uh, if you don't mind. Um, when it comes to the, um, the, the sound, and the soundproofing, say we're having a musical in there. You know, everybody's having a great time. Are there planned operating hours for events, and how do we avoid any noise intrusion to the neighbors on the north? I mean, is there, what, what, what point at night would this be? This is the cutoff, or, or what's been done to, to soundproof that lovely theater to keep that from? Yeah, thank you, Commissioner. I, I don't know that we're far enough along in terms of understanding operating hours yet, but if we imagine more most, you know, playhouse activities being mid-evening to 11, something like that, I think mm -hmm. if you want more specificity, we can ask our arts division to maybe get into that a little bit. But um, I think the anticipation is that, uh, you know, it would be uh, reasonable hours. Uh, the the acoustics are going to be essential to get right, and um, not even just noise to the neighbors, but preventing the noise from getting in, which is much louder. The decibel levels of the ambulance and uh, uh, first responders is much higher than any music would be. Right. Yeah. Um, is this something that is the plan to? This can be reserved for other events as well. I mean, aside from performances, could someone in the public say, I'd love to rent out that theater. Is there any thought of that or any plan of that so far? Or we too, is this premature to ask this question? 
Uh, our arts division is actually in the process of, they have an RFP out for an operator and um, they'll be discussing how the production companies would reserve it, whether it's gonna be a third party or, but the, the city doesn't necessarily wanna be in the business of, right. of doing it. Um, mm -hmm. So there will be uh, uh, some help and guidance with a uh, operator and production and technical staff, okay. curator, et cetera. This is a question I think about quite a bit um, in, in other areas that, that we that, that have that we don't is um, with regard to parking, I understand King's Road garage is the is the spot, but would there be or is it possible to have any reserved disability accessible parking um, anywhere closer than King's Road garage like whether it's a spot on suites or where I mean, is this something that's ever been considered or is it possible to even do? It's not something we've talked about yet. Uh, it's not unprecedented, but it's unusual to stripe the curb for right. that purpose. Um, we do have the, the city parking lot across the street as right. well, and it's relatively flat. That's gonna be recommended for performers and- Performers and primarily, um, but uh, you know, depending on the ebb and flow time of that day- That would be a little bit closer, maybe. Yeah. Um, but, so the, but, would, but that would require crossing a street as well. It, it, I was just curious about that because it's something that I haven't seen here and wondered if we'd ever considered that or we were able yeah, to do that. We can so, certainly take the comments uh, into consideration I, I, when we go to council. Um, I think those were all the questions that I had at this time. Thank you, Rick. Thank you, Chair. Thank you. Secretary Gillig, is there anyone else that has questions? Uh, Chair, no, it looks like uh, we are all clear with Commissioner comments. Okay, thank you. The only question that I have, uh, Rick, is what is the status of the monument sign? Do we have the budget for a digital sign or not? Um, yes and no. <laughs> I think the we have certain ambitions that came out of the steering committee that we're going to have to look at from a budget perspective. Um, I think the city manager has certain thoughts on where we need to be and anything beyond that, we would be looking for other types of relationships or funding that might help us. Um, there already has been one group that's expressed interest in potentially underwriting some things. So it may be that, you know, the kiosk and the, the digital portion um, might be underwritten in a different way. So we're n not entirely sure yet on how that's gonna play out. Okay, great, thank you. Um, I'll ask, uh, are there any commissioner disclosures? Maybe just put up your hand if you do have. Okay, great. So then I'll open the public speaker portion of this public hearing. Secretary Gillick, do we have any public speakers on? This? Chair, we are all clear in chambers and all clear on the Zoom platform. Okay, so then I'll close the public speaker portion of this public hearing and we'll go to deliberation. And basically we're discussing how the project meets the general plan consistency requirements. Does um, Commissioner Jones, do you want to go first? Sure, and sorry, this just fell off. There's <laughs> a lot of sound problems here tonight. Um, yes, thank you, and I totally didn't mean to cut you off earlier. I'm sorry about that. Um, I'm, I think it is very easy for, for me to make the findings that this is uh, in compliance with the general plan, which is, again, what we're being asked to do tonight. I'm really excited about the design. Um, you know, Coast Playhouse has now been, you know, closed for a while, and I'm excited for us to have this kind of space in the city. Um, 
those are truly all my comments. I appreciate how thoughtful uh, the steering committee was, uh, and I'm re really happy with the design, although I recognize that may change some as we get closer to uh, the, you know, the project actually being, being constructed. So those are my comments. I'm in support, and I, um, I'm happy to move this forward. Thanks. Thank you. Commissioner Copeland, do you have any comments at this time? Uh, yeah, I agree with um, Commissioner Jones' comments on the compliance with the uh, general plan. Also, I, I know we're not going into design too much, but I have to say that I think that it's uh, very well thought out, um, uh, stunning design for the space that there was to work with and all the considerations that were put into it. So I was quite happy to see that as, as well. So I, uh, I agree. Thank you. Thank you. Commissioner Gregoire. Um, I, too, support this. Um, I'm not sure. I, I would like it to be noted in the record, if possible, that I have expressed concern about the adequacy of the number of restrooms and the location of those restrooms on the, on the first floor. And also my concerns about the, uh, the requirement that the mobility impaired would have to use a, an elevator to access the theater. Um, I don't think either of those are reasons to hold this up, but I think those are things that should be considered moving Thank forward. You. Commissioner Edwards. Um, it's very exciting. I'll state it again. We are the creative city, and to have this type of project presented to us is very exciting to utilize um, this unused space that's been vacant for a while. Um, what really struck me it was the comments by... Uh, uh, Chair Caballero, when he talked about the the uh, sacred space, or I think Rick mentioned it, is that what resonated with me was, if anybody's ever seen The Power of Myth with Joseph Campbell, that was a story that he emphasized about why certain spaces matter, that how they just separate the everyday, and you go into it, it becomes sacred. And for us to identify that and, make, and be very intentional and purposeful um, is exciting to me. And so I'm looking forward to seeing what, um, what you know, moves forward. I understand the concerns, uh, especially around for those who are disabled, is that um, with the, you know, once again, I'll use the term uh, being intentional, intersectional, is that how do we put them forward to make sure that we are the inclusive city and that the arts is for everyone. And so I appreciate um, that being called out. So anything that can be done to address that in some way is uh, greatly appreciated. Um, other than that, I, I, we can make the findings, and I think we should move forward with this. So, thank you, thank you. For, everybody, for everybody's uh, work on it. Commissioner Matos. Thank you, Chair jo uh, Chair Caballero. <laughs> Sorry, had a little flashback there. Um, so, first off, I want to thank you, Chair Caballero, for your work on the subcommittee. Um, I was able to attend one of the meetings, and I thought that the discussion. Uh, was so robust around the design, and I think that your experience added a lot to this project, so I want to applaud you for your efforts there. And then I'll also applaud uh, the mayor and council member Byers for attending and, and leading those meetings as well. Um, I think that this is going to be, I mean, going to the, pro, uh, you know, the item before us, yes, it is consistent with the general plan. I think it's exemplary of the general plan, um, but I'll just leave it at that. Um, and just one more thing, I, I think that this is going to be such a valuable resource for this city for generations to come. Um, I'm so excited to sit 
uh, in my first live show uh, at the City Playhouse. Um, it's going to be absolutely magnificent. I also want to thank staff for their work, specifically Rick Abramson. Um, I, you know, I, again, I only went to one meeting, but I saw the amount of consideration and work and care and passion and expertise that went in to so many, from so many different people in the city, um, residents, um, people with architectural uh, excellence uh, and experience like Chair Caballero. Um, I'm just really, really excited to be voting on this and to see it move forward. And uh, I will be at the first show of the West Hollywood Playhouse. I can guarantee that, even if I have to sit on the floor. So uh, thank you. Uh, that concludes my comments. Thank you, Commissioner Matos. Vice Chair Lombardi. Thank you. Um, and first of all, I'd like to thank Rick Aberson, city architect, and also you, uh, Chair, for providing so much insight into the project and helping us understand all the efforts that, that were underway. I'm also very impressed by the design team, and it sounds like it was a great collaborative effort. So I'm, I'm thrilled by all of that. Um, you know, it's interesting, when I saw this project, it actually kind of made me think of uh, where I grew up, which was Albany, New York. I had this um, theater called The Egg, um, which brutalist architecture, kind of stark, not loved by everyone, but it did have a raised theater and a large plaza. And what's amazing about this is um, it, you've, uh, this project has figured out a way to maximize the space that we have available, but also make it fairly very warm and inviting address uh, climate change, um, you know, provide trees and shade. And so I think that's an immense benefit um, to the public. And so I'm really thrilled to see this project happening. Um, you know, we do have to sometimes weigh all of the factors in design and, um, you know, maybe um, there are some challenges in terms of needing to take an elevator um, from an accessibility standpoint uh, to, to use the upper floor spaces. but. There are also um, pretty incredible spaces on the ground floor and um, you know, amazing outdoor space to use too. So when you look at it in the context of all of that, it seems like a really, really wonderful project and I'm super excited about it. Um, I, I think in terms of what we're being asked uh, to address today, which is consistency with the general plan, I think it certainly is consistent with that and I would be um, in support of the project. And, as I said, I, I think this is excellent. I can't wait for it to open, and I'll sit on the floor aisle or wherever with you, Commissioner Matos, if we can't get seats. <laughs> thank you, uh, Vice Chair Lombardi. Um, I want to say thank you to the Commission for allowing me to be on the steering committee. It was a really great experience, and I'm to agree with everyone. I'm very excited about this project. Um, is there a motion on the floor? Did I hear? I'll move. I'll second. Okay, so of course we're voting on the general plan consist consistency um, and we are allowed to make recommendations to council and I would like to make one recommendation or amend the motion um, to make certain that city council strongly consider additional funds for the digital sign because that was um, the steering committee's it was a concern and it kind of makes sense that we do that. So if we could amend the motion to include that recommendation, I would greatly appreciate it. I'm aligned. Yes. And Thanks. just, I'll just note for the record, so the, the motion that's on the floor and seconded as amended um, 
was the resolution to make the general plan consistency findings and staff's recommendation to find the project exempt from CEQA with a note for when this goes to council regarding um, the, the planning commission's interest in additional funds for the digital sign. So I just wanted to state that on the record with a first and the second live. Thank you. Motion by Commissioner Jones, seconded by Commissioner Maddows. Commissioner Jones. Yes. Commissioner Maddows. Enthusiastic, yes. Commissioner Gregoire. Yes. Commissioner Edwards. Yes. Commissioner Copeland. Yes. Vice Chair Lombardi. Yes. Chair Carvalero. Yes. And the motion passes unanimously, approving uh, resolution number PC231532. There is no appeal process. This is uh, the final action rests with the city council on the larger project. Thank you. So that takes us to item 10C. The zone text amendment for tree canopy standards has been continued to a date uncertain. Item 11, we have no new business. Oh, uh, uh, Chair Carvalero, I think uh, we would just want to note for the date uncertain, I think the best practice would be to actually take a roll call vote just to continue it to a date uncertain. Ah, okay. Thank you. Okay. Secretary Gillick, could you lead that? Uh, thank you. Well, well, could we have a first and a second just to continue the zone um, tree I'll, canopy? I'll move to continue second. it. Okay, thank you. So a uh, uh, first from uh, Commissioner Jones and a second from Commissioner Matos. Uh, Commissioner Jones. That was Commissioner Edwards. Yeah, that was Commissioner Edwards, sorry. Nobody can hear anything, we're sorry. My <laughs> okay. vote is yes. And now my mic is on, on. Okay, so thank you for the record. It was a first from Commissioner Jones and a second from Commissioner Edwards. Uh, thank you, Commissioner Jones. Yes. Uh, Commissioner Edwards. Yes. Commissioner Maddows. Yes. Commissioner Gregoire. Yes. Commissioner Copeland. Yes. Vice Chair Lombardi. Yes. Chair Carvalero. Yes. And the zone text amendment for the tree canopy standards is officially continued to a date uncertain, at which time all legal notice will be redone. Great, thank you. So item 11, new uh, business, we have none. Item 12, unfinished business, we have none. Item 13, excluded consent calendar, no item. Item 14, item from the staff, planning manager's update and subcommittee management. Do we have an update? I have an update. <clears throat> Thank you, Chair Cavallero and commissioners. So our next meeting on October 5th, we will be hearing um, a Sunset Arts and Advertising digital billboard project. Uh, at the Roxy and Rainbow, that's 9009 to 9015 Sunset Boulevard. On October 19th, we are scheduled to hear 910 Weatherly, which is a 100% affordable housing project with 89 units. <clears throat> and we also have scheduled stone text amendments on that evening. Uh, some of these may adjust as the agendas fill up. Uh, but right now we are looking at taking a zone text amendment for additional height for rooftop hotel activities, a zone text amendment for co-living design standards and definitions, and a zone text amendment for micro units and senior, senior congregate care. And again, that's, that's a lot of items on one, one meeting, so that some of those might adjust as we go on, and I will update you. For Thank you. Do we have questions from commissioners? No? I would, I will follow up with the subcommittees if that's okay, Chair. 
I have one quick question. Oh, yeah. Um, I was looking at the calendar the other day. I know that it has the, I'm sorry, I don't have it up right now, so I'm going to describe this as best I can, but it has the color coding with the shading. Do we have any planning commission dates in the month of December? It looked like there were a whole bunch of, okay. Yes, we have, I mean, typically we meet on the first Thursday and the third Thursday of December of each month, correct? Mm -hmm. So because we only put the, a few upcoming meetings on this look ahead for our staff. Um, it doesn't show up until we get to the next month. However, in this case, the two Thursdays that we would normally meet are December 7th and December 21st. I don't believe either of those, actually December 7th was already canceled um, when we did the calendar for the 2023 calendar year and because it's the first night of Hanukkah. But the meeting on December 21st has not been canceled, and we actually do have an agenda item that um, we do need to take on that night uh, because of timing issues. So um, I guess now is a good time to talk about availability. If ever anybody knows that they are going to be out or away on December 21st, I know that that's a, a dif difficult time for people to meet sometimes, but um, let me know. If you know now or if you find out in the future, please let us know as soon as you know. Thank you. I found the calendar. I see now there was a whole bunch of red, but the 21st is yellow and the 7th is can canceled. Thank you for confirming. Yeah, you're welcome. Okay, so for the subcommittees, we've got upcoming, um, I think I reported at our last meeting that we were not going to have a design review subcommittee meeting on October 26th, but we would like to reinstate that meeting date because uh, we, like I said, we have an item that has some timeline um, concerns and we want to make sure that we get there in time. Um, so we will be having that meeting. It will be a special meeting located at Plummer Park rather than the community meeting room um, because the reason that we were canceling the 26th was because the community meeting room at the library was not available. It's being upgraded. So we need to meet instead at Plummer Park Art Rooms 5 and 6. That's where the Historic Preservation Commission meets. Um, so I know, I believe Vice Chair Lombardi may have indicated that he was not available that evening or somebody said they weren't available if that wasn't you, Vice Chair. I can't be at the, unless it's been canceled, the October 12th design review subcommittee meeting. I will be out of town. Okay, at this time we do not have any meeting items calendared for that okay. meeting. Um, yeah. Okay. Okay. So, so everyone should be present on October 26th. I would like to double check, but I will try to make sure I'm available now that it's on my radar. Okay, thank no, you. No known cancellations. I'll try to keep it clear. Okay, October thank you. October 26 for design review? Design review subcommittee, um, yeah. yeah. Okay. All right. Uh, so then Sunset Arts and Advertising subcommittee, the next meeting w is scheduled for November 9th, and that item would be 8410 Sunset Boulevard. And then for the Long Range Planning Projects Subcommittee, <clears throat> the next meeting is scheduled for October 19th uh, to discuss a zoning interpretation regarding EV showrooms and vehicle uses. And that concludes my updates. And I think I covered everything, unless you have any questions for me. The design review subcommittee meeting on November 9th is at what time again? It is the Sunset Arts and Advertising subcommittee. Or sorry, sub Sunset Arts and Advertising. I don't know why I'm so obsessed with the design review. I'm not even on it. <laughs> uh, that is at 6 p.m. in the library community meeting room on Thursday, November 9th.
Perfect. Thank you. Mm -hmm. Are there any other comments? No, thank you. I can't see Jennifer, so I'm not sure where we're at, but um, I assume that's all the updates for item 14 and item 15. Uh, do we have any public comments, David? I do, Chair. Uh, Chair, uh, there is no public comments in chambers oh, or on the Zoom platform. We are all clear. Okay, item 16, items from commissioners. Chair Jones. I love that you guys still call me Chair Jones. I'm so honored. Um, <laughs> I, I'm just going to relish in that. Um, I did just want to welcome our new um, director. I have not had the pleasure of meeting you, and I've also not had the pleasure of meeting you without your mask on, so if I see you on the street, please don't judge me for not uh, bidding you a good day, um, but looking forward to working with you, and welcome. That's it. Thank you. Commissioner Matos. Thank you, Chair Caviero and former Chair Jones. Um, I also wanted to uh, welcome our new Community Development Director, Nick Marisich, uh, to the City West Hollywood. Um, you know, really excited to have you, excited to work with you and get to know you. Um, your uh, experience speaks for itself. Um, so I'm looking forward to the new addition, um, and I'm very, very pleased to know that you are hosting community meetings to get to know the community and have them get to know you and, and learn about uh, your background and the things that you hope to accomplish in the city. I think that's really great. Um, two other quick things. I just want to thank staff. Um, I feel like I don't get to do that enough, but um, for everything that they do, I think that the staff reports prepared tonight were excellent and thorough. Um, so thank you for that. Um, and then I also just, I know we've already touched on this, but I just want to thank mayor and the city council and the city manager and everyone at the city for bringing forward the city playhouse. To have that kind of resource in a community that I live in is so exciting to me. Um, I just can't even begin to describe it. So thank you. Uh, and that concludes my comments. Vice Chair Lombardi. I would also like to welcome our new community um, development director, Nick Marishish, as well. Um, so happy that you're here and really look forward to hearing from you more. Um, I, I'm just so glad that we've got you here in our city and um, I wish you, you know, uh, really positive experience or as much so as we can over here. So we'll try to be nice. <laughs> Um, I have a few comments. I want to thank uh, my fellow commissioners and staff for making their possibility a reality. Family greatly appreciates it, and it helps a lot. Um, and I also, it's been interesting being on this side of the dais because I realize now how very important it is to speak into the mic because when we move our heads away from the mic, Honestly, I don't think the public can hear anything. So maybe moving forward, we can all be a little bit more conscious of that. Um, and that's it for public comments. I mean, for uh, items from the commissioner. So I would like to adjourn this meeting till our next regularly scheduled planning commission meeting, which will take place on Thursday, October 5th, uh, 2023 at 6.30.
um, in council chambers. Thank you, everybody, for your participation. Thank you. Good night. Have a good evening. Good night. Good night, Chair.